Hello, it's Wednesday, August 1st, 2007, and you're listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, and its burn community. I'm your host, Lance Hunter. Let's begin. Once again, it's been a little while since my last episode, and I want to thank all of you again for your patience. I think this episode is more than worth the wait, though, because this episode features an interview with one of the legends of the Texas Pagan community, who's beginning to make an impact among our own burn community. I'm speaking, of course, of Gigi. Gigi's been following an eclectic pagan sacred sex path since pre-adolescence. She studied art, philosophy, ancient civilizations, and ancient religions, has a bachelor's degree in philosophy, and has a master's degree in social work. He's been actively involved in the transgender community, in the BDSM community, and in the bisexual community, and was a winner of the AIB Globe Award for Outstanding Service to the Bisexual World Community. She has studied human sexuality in both undergraduate and graduate study programs. Gigi is intersex, a hermaphrodite, and identifies as being pansexual. He currently practices as a prostitute priestess in the Temple of Sacred Sex. I met with Gigi at the Sacred Sex Temple site at Flipside 2007, hidden deep in the woods of Flat Creek, which is why you didn't find it. We discussed the temple, the difference between Texas pagan and burn communities, and how this whole thing started. And now, Gigi. Gigi, hello. Hi. Great to see you. Um, so good to see you. <laughs> so, uh, tell us about what you do at Flipside. Uh, basically, I run the Sacred Sex Temple, and what we do is we create a s- safe, sex-positive environment for people to explore their sexuality in new and different ways. And part of it is based on the ancient Sacred Sex Temples from long ago when sexuality was considered a gift, not a sin. And a big part of what we do here is try to break some of the taboos that hold us back sexually and open the door to creative sexuality. So, I guess let's talk about the ways the temple accomplishes, or at least attempts to accomplish these goals of Flipside, as far as, um, like, yeah, you put on events. Yeah. There's a schedule up there. Yeah. Can you describe some of what's happening, or what's happened? Basically, each night around sunset, I put on a sacred sex performance piece, uh, and it can range from many different types of sexuality, anything from sacred sex to a BDSM show to a uh, uh, masturbation show to playing with different types of equipment, like the violet wand or... Uh, playing with different toys and just it's partly educational I show people how to do it safely and go over some of the safety tips I did a show last night where I let my body on fire and even let my dick on fire and everybody was going ooh (laughs) and then I showed them afterwards that with the fuel I'm using uh, the evaporation rate is such that the flame is above the surface of the skin and then I let people come up and if they want I'll swipe their hand and then ignite it and all they do is close their hand and put it out and they got 
wow, that doesn't burn a bit. It's just a little hot, but it's cool. <laughs> so it's partly educational and partly creative and partly expressive and learning different ways to express this gift we call sexuality. So now I'm going to pause you for just one second. Sure. Because people are going to know, what is this feel you're talking about? Oh, it's rubbing alcohol 70%, and it has to be 70, not 90, not whatever the okay, it's the 70% rate. Yeah. I see. And what it does is it, it evaporates, it, and you can't have wind. If there's okay. wind, it fucks it up. But as long as there's very little wind, uh, the evaporation rate keeps the flame just above the surface of the skin. You feel heat, but you don't burn. Um, cool. Yeah, so you said to make sure that people know some different rubbing alcohol because yeah, the, you know, two or three dozen people who listen to the show will be like, "Wait a second, what was that?" <laughs> so burners like. Uh, great. And I understand you and don't. Mm-hmm. You use wands. I make wands to do the show with. One's a swiping wand. It's basically um, cotton balls with. Um, a wrap of uh, gauze, I see, yeah. and then I tie it off real good, and you dip one to swipe and one to burn, oh. and you use the swiper to rub fuel on your body, and then you touch it off with the flaming one, and it does this cool blue streak of flame up your body. Okay. <laughs> and I always have a safety person with a wet towel right. nearby just in case. Uh, I've never had problems, but I have seen others do this type of fire play where they did things all wrong. And one woman had second-degree burns on her belly because nobody had a safety towel. Everybody was scrambling, and I, I saw something was going wrong. Yeah. I grabbed a blanket and just threw it on her. But it took me a few minutes to get into her because everybody was going, oh, panicking. So you want to be very safe and know what you're doing. Um, I studied fireplace for six months, interview, you know, talking to people that do it and uh, getting information off the internet before I ever touched fire to my body. Right. So you want to do it safely because, especially when you're lighting up your penis, you don't want bad burns on exactly. your penis. Yes. <laughs> it's got to be precision work. Yes. Cool. But... Part of Temple is about educating people and saying, here's some fun things you can do, but here's how you do it safely. Hey, we're going to inspect your equipment. Sure, go and inspect equipment. We do have play equipment here. Uh, It's really awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I understand that you don't just do this. I'm saying I understand, but I know, obviously, that you don't just do this at Flipside. No, I do it for pagan communities and for uh, BDSM communities and other alternative communities that are open to this concept of sacred sex. And another word I've come up with for this is uh, borrowed from Maslow. Uh, As you learn about your body and your sexuality, you become sex-actualized. Instead of self-actualization, you reach sex actualization and you learn about how your body works as a sexual entity and can Someone's explore things 
and we definitely had someone playing on the equipment. <laughs> yes, exactly. And somehow that chain all the way over there is like just really picking up. It's not uh, over our voices, but yeah, it feels like there's you know someone being hoisted up on a. Uh, a it's a sky chair. A sky chair. A modified leather sky chair. Right. Uh, it sounds like it's happening five feet from us, which is really about twenty feet, and there's a tree. So, yeah. Just so everyone knows. You know. <laughs> but um, yeah, and. I guess, here's a question. How would you compare the experience at uh, the temple on, at Flipside versus the experience, say, meeting with a pagan group? Uh, usually at Flipside, I do more of the playfulness and get into more of the um, artistic forms of sexuality. Whereas in pagan communities, usually I get more into the spiritual and sacred part of the sexuality. Less, and less lighting your penis on fire. Well, actually we do that oh. too. But I do more workshop, formal workshops. And, and so I teach classes like uh, spiritual aspects of BDSM, uh, sacred sex, sex magic, how to raise erotic energy and focus it um, how to raise the kundalini within oneself the kundalini is the serpent and that's our sex energy and work with the kundalini through all the chakras of the body up to the crown chakra and then letting that energy go all the way up and take you out of body and go places you never dreamed possible. <laughs> so I understand how you tailor it differently. Um, the people who attend the temple, how would you compare the Fagan community to Flipside? Is it also similar in that like one is more workshop and learning and spiritual oriented and the other is more art oriented? Actually, um, during night when I'm, I run the workshops during the day and then the, we open temple up at night. And we get a big party crowd at uh, pagan festivals as well. So when I open up temple, we play. And it's like sometimes we do, it depends on the mood. Uh, the people, I'll read their mood and kind of go, okay, let's go this way or let's go that way. Yeah. Uh, we can go more sacred or we can go more into the kind of creative, artistic, ex sexual expression. And... You know, just bringing up some camp, campiness, and opening the door to let the inner child come out and play. Because as inner children, we haven't been indoctrinated and right. by society. We're curious, and children play doctor. They explore one another. Uh, I invite that energy out of people when they come to temple to come play, explore, even offer my body to people and say. Hey, if you want to touch me, if you want to look at me, if you want to examine me, if you want to poke things in my body cavities, you're more than happy to. And that's part of my duty as a prostitute priestess, to let people explore and in a very safe environment, a non-judgmental environment, where we encourage people to really come out and get in touch with that side that we've repressed because of our social norms and customs um, so 
So it's really about opening the door to full sexual expression. And, you know, with a few rules, of course, right. uh, we do go by safe, sane, and consensual. And we ask people to respect one another. And so we serve. What's beautiful about Temple is that we have gays, straights, bi's, uh, people that are into all different kinds of things. And you don't have to be into anybody else's thing. All we ask is that you respect their thing and know that they're getting something good from it. Uh, don't be judgmental when you come here. Be very open and very... Um, and when you open yourself to other people's stuff, you can open yourself to whatever pathway you need to go on and explore. So have you ever been to Burning Man or taken this to Burning Man? Oh, yes. Oh, you have? In the past. Uh, I wasn't here the last two years right. just because of conflicts with other things I was doing. But um, three years ago and a few years before that, I come off and on as I can up to Burning Man. The Burning Man? And okay. when I, the first time I came to Burning Man, I didn't do Temple officially. I did it in my tent. Uh, then the second year, I registered as a theme camp, and and from then on, every time I come, I register temple as a theme camp. And uh, I guess here's the question we really want to know. And <laughs> I can hear that chain like it's like here. It's the same. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh no, it makes me want to go play too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I've seen more people fucking in like, you know, from 4 a.m. until 8 a.m., you know, yesterday than like in the past few months. So. Yeah. That's right. the other amazing thing about Temple, especially when I run it where people are familiar with the concept. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have people fucking all day and night in the Temple. Uh, and sometimes they're, uh, at our permanent location, I have a sh shower set up. And we've had people fucking in the shower, set up in the above-the-ground swimming pool, and people are fucking in the pool uh, all over the place. It's really awesome and cool. Uh, and I think that... I can't tell if... Oh, I bet they are at this point. Either that or they're confused about something. <laughs> so, um... But the beauty of it is that it gives us a freedom to explore and become uninhibited in front of others. And in our society, one of the big taboos is, you know, you only have sex in the bedroom. You keep it private. And in temple, sex is a semi-public thing. Uh, the ancient temples, it was kind of very open and relaxed. And, and there's something very liberating. We had someone come to temple once, and our showers don't have any walls or barriers. You shower nude in front of everybody. And... We had one person come in and they decided they didn't want to shower in front of everybody so they got up at five in the morning to take a shower. And then a group of people came down the trail just after they started showering. And he said, this is the most liberating feeling. After that, he said, it's no problem. And he took showers, he ran around naked the rest of the time. He said, I finally got over it. And it was just this liberating feeling. Why do I have to hide my body? Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think that and I, how would you compare that to experience that a lot of people have 
know, especially the nudity that goes on, you know, at Flipside. I mean, yeah. Just, you know, how quickly seem, people seem to come into it. Yes. And it just kind of, it gives us this freedom that we've never experienced out in Mundania, out in the real world. You know, it's like, we're, and it's like I remember the first time I experienced uh, a sex-positive environment. It was like this great weight was lifted off my shoulders. It's like I was so unburdened from all this shame and guilt and weird trips and so can I ask, where was the very first sex-positive environment you experienced? Um, it was at a bisexual conference in San Diego. And we were running around all over the place. Uh, we took over a hotel and uh, just had all kinds of activities going on. We, I went to tantric workshop. Uh, I went to a safe sex party, play party. Uh, where people just basically had an orgy and you ask permission right, right. they had a social area where you meet and greet and go hey you want to get it on and everybody was very, that's what struck me everybody was very open and communicative, communicative about what they wanted and what their boundaries were and I thought that's so cool people are communicating and you know, I'd had lovers in the past, and I'd go, I want to try this, but can I tell my partner? Yeah. I'm scared, you know, what will my partner think if I even suggest something like this? And here, everybody was talking about it openly. You know, there's some BDSM going on, there's some uh, kinky sex going on, there's all kinds of things going on. But everybody up front said, this is what I want, do you want to join me? Yeah. And when you can open that door and just say, hey, this is what I desire, because it was like so freeing. I remember in my teenage years waiting by the phone for the special person to call, ticking away the hours and finally realizing they're not calling me tonight and feeling crushed. And I thought, you know, if we can just sit down and talk, we can experience so much more and become sexually fulfilled and sexually actualized. Basically there can be um, the, hearing the positive no is better than the um, implied no of silence. Yes. And that's something, you know, we put on the rules, no means no. It doesn't right. mean <laughs> try to talk me into it, you know. Right. Uh, if someone's not into it, move on to somebody else. But no, it's also not a rejection. It's just saying, hey, it's not right for me. You're not right for me. Uh, the energy's not right. But it's not putting someone down. Yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of times in the politics of love, when no out there can sometimes mean no, you scrounge, you dog, get away, you know, you're, you're trash, I don't want to touch you, you know, but in temple, no means, hey, it's just not right uh, for me and you, and then you move on to someone else, and in temple, I really, I mean, I respect monogamy and people in monogamous relationships, but temple is really a poly polyamorous kind of environment where 
monog you know, monogamous people are more than welcome to come join in. But they just have to set their own boundaries and say, hey, now I'm with so-and-so and we're monogamous. But everybody respects that. We respect all forms of sexuality. So, has there ever been a time, I guess, since you're talking about respecting all forms and everything, has, has there ever been a time where, like, something hasn't flowed right or there's been an issue with person example? And how, how do you resolve issues like that? Uh, basically, I catch them before they become an issue. If I sense the energy's not right with someone, I'll come and up to them and say, hey, I, I noticed something's a little off. What's going on? Check in with them. And a lot of times they're just, you know, all they know is the sex-negative environment out there. And I say, are you attracted to anybody? Is there something you would like to experience while you're here? Um, and I get to talking to them and say, you know, what's going on with you? And then we work it through and I'll say, hey, if you want, I can introduce you to somebody. Or if you want, take a few clothes off, become erotic, you can masturbate here. Masturbation seems to be a big taboo in our culture. I say, there's nothing wrong with pleasing yourself. Uh, you don't have to have a partner. Uh, you know, our society seems so ingrained on, you know, if you go out to a movie by yourself or you go out to dinner by yourself, your thought of is strange. Right. What's wrong with you? You're not with somebody. But here, it's like, you don't have to be with somebody to be able to enjoy sexuality and in your body. You can do that yourself, or you can do it with a partner. Uh, and so we take away all these boundaries and all these artificial walls we put up all the time and say, hey, this is a new way of looking at our sexuality. Would you like to explore that? And it's not like you have to. Uh, it's a kind of an open door policy. Come and experience what you want to experience. We're not going to push you into anything. Uh, the only thing we don't allow is people to come in and gawk and steal energy from those that are being free and open. Uh, basically, I just ask if you want to observe, observe actively. Touch yourself erotically. Uh, give some energy back to the circle. And so usually when I sit down and just talk with people a little bit and explain simple, then all that stuff goes away, right. the negative energy, because all of a sudden they realize, oh, I don't have to play these games to get what I want. And um, I guess this is, I have a feeling that most people listening to this probably wouldn't have been here before. And the, well, the probably, honestly, the question is, how many people from Flips actually go to the temple? Like, uh, could you say, like, about how many people show up in a night, or...? Uh, it varies from event to event. And, you know, people get into party mode, and they, right, right. they kind of get into their own thing. And, and then sometimes we get, like, 20, 30 people coming in all at once, and it'll be dead for a little while, and then it gets hopping. And then other nights it's dead all night, and other nights it takes off from the beginning and goes, you know. So it's just how, you know, the energy's flying in general and along with us. Um, I think the other thing is that it takes time.
for people to get over the fear of even coming in here. Right. Uh, a lot of times people think, oh, I want to go there, but I've heard stories, and I don't know if I can really go up and take my clothes off or dress in erotic wear and do these things in front of others. And so they kind of work up the courage, and just working up the courage to come into the temple is a big first step for a lot of things. Um, but then we're here to support you in that once you come in and work with you and help you get whatever you need uh, fulfilled because we're so we live in such a touch deprived society and temple's not just about sex it's also about giving erotic massages that don't have to lead to sex it can be about sensuality it can be about nurturing and it can be about uh, sometimes just giving hugs and touching uh, non-sexual touch like, you know, like in the, I know that this has become a trend in some places like cuddle groups yeah, yeah, just yeah. completely non-sexual cuddling and yeah. uh, which um, I've seen also tons of this flip side <laughs> yeah, and that's the beauty of places like flip side in the pagan community is that we open that door because that you know have you ever gotten an in, into an elevator it's crowded and everybody's standing right, rigid right. and closed in and it's like nobody wants to touch anybody but you get out here and all of a sudden you realize the magic of touch it's like a human infant will die without human touch we transfer some type of energy nobody knows what it is exactly when we touch I think as adults uh, when we're touch deprived it leads to mental health and physical health uh, problems. And so as we touch, we sh share an energy with one another that's very healing on many different levels. Okay. Um, and I guess this is, this slightly ties in uh, what you were just saying, or just a touch earlier, but uh, like, how would you compare, you know, not community, not necessarily any other BDSM groups, in particular Flipside and the Burner community, um, their attitudes versus the world at large. Do you think that oh, it's we're much, far more progressive or just slightly? Or oh, sure? much more progressive. You know, if I set this up on the street corner somewhere, I think I'd have the cops coming in any minute, right. you know. Right. I'd have complaints out the... <laughs> Uh, people would be going sacred slut, uh, sacred sex. What is this? This is right. wrong. It's uh, it's sinful. It's bad. It's especially with the some of the fundamentalist Christians. Uh, you know, you're going to hell because you're touching one another and doing naughty bits. <laughs> uh, so I think there would be a real that's why I've always done it within the context of festivals is it creates a safe space for us. I know the cops aren't going to come raiding us and there's nothing illegal going on. It's just... You're not going to violate some neighborhood ordinance. Right. But, but also there's a lot of, you know, no money changes hands in Temple. I don't even accept donations. Uh, so everything is totally free. So we're not breaking any prostitution laws. There's not even bartering. Uh, 
It's, it's all completely a gift economy. Yeah. It's one person saying, this is what I want and need. Another person saying, this is what I want and need. Does it match up and can we give it to each other? And that's it, the, as far as the bartering goes. You see, you're covering so much ground with each question that I'm having a hard time. Like, okay, I'm gonna ask him this next. Wait, just cover that. I'm gonna ask him this next. Oh, okay. Um, I know you were talking earlier about before we started this right. on how I started Temple. Yeah, exactly. How, how did this begin? And basically, this started. Well, it's a very long story in some ways. Uh, when I was a teenager. Um, I, my father was a minister and he was abusive physically abusive he wanted me to be more masculine uh, he wanted me to be a kind of spotlight minister son and I could never be that and I got very depressed and I walked in the woods of East Texas sometimes I go off and be early in the morning and be out by myself all day long. Uh, at one point I tried to kill myself. Uh, I thought, I can't live this way. And then energies just spoke to me uh, and said, things are going to get better and there's a place for you in this world. And uh, I kind of got this vision, not specifically a temple, but I just got this vision of my path. It was going to involve, um, I didn't have the words for it back then, but the sacred sex path. And that's really where Temple was born, the concept. It wasn't until years later that I started studying human sexuality and ancient civilizations, and I came across the sex temples, ancient sex temples some of the practices and some of the work they were doing thousands of years ago. And sexuality they looked at as a healing as much as procreation. Um, that in some ways procreation was very secondary. Uh, healing was the primary. That we need healing at a psychosexual level. And so I started reading more and learning more and then Temple just started evolving uh, from there. And I had to, you know, I have to shift a few things for our modern environment. But, like I say, I can't open up a shop on the corner. Exactly. Uh, I have to fit it into an alternative community where, it's, where people see it for what it is, not as something they imagine. And so it took, you know, and the first time I ran Temple, uh, it was at a pagan festival. And I couldn't put it in the program. Uh, I said, keep it in your tent. Uh, let it spread by word of mouth only. Uh, and, you know, keep it away from prying eyes. You know, nobody else wants to see it. So I ran the temple in my tent. We had a line outside, because my tent was only so right. big. 
So then the next year, word got out. They realized, no, I'm not trying to get laid. I'm, I am educating people. I'm working with people and helping them learn about their own bodies. Uh, it's not, and I know where to go get laid. I've gone to gay bars and straight bars. Yeah. I can get laid all I want. That's not my purpose in Temple. Once people realized I didn't have ulterior motives, Temple became much more open. And the very next festival, they put it into the schedule. They gave me, said, you don't have to keep it in your tent anymore. We'll give you a secluded area to do it. And uh, it just grew from there. And at one point, we were having... Uh, at some of the pagan festivals, as many as 75 people in the temple per night at any given time, and people were drifting in and out. And from about 10.30 till uh, about four or five in the morning, we had no less than 75 people in the temple at any given time. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the energy just builds. And, and that's the other dynamic about temples that when you're closed off in your own bedroom as a couple, uh, the energy's limited. But when you get into a big group and you start raising the energy as a group, all of a sudden this synergy occurs. And it's like you can walk in and just feel the energy building and, and you become part of building that energy. And so it becomes this huge synergy of sexual energy that's just amazing. I'm assuming you don't want to keep doing Temple for a very long time, right? Oh, yeah. So, let's say... I mean, Temple is my path, uh, my spiritual path. And I guess, where do you see, in particular with Temple, not necessarily the path ending, but to the point where you will pass off the path and it will continue to go on? Uh, basically, I'll probably be doing this till I die. <laughs> uh, and, but and, I do and, have people that I'm training... Uh, to learn how to become temple prostitute priestesses, how to work with a sex-positive environment, how to learn some of the ancient sexual techniques like the Kumasatra, the uh, Tantric, the, um, the um, oh, what's the word, uh, the Taoist techniques, learning how to breathe in a way that builds that sex energy learning how to exercise your PC muscles your sex muscles learning how your body works learning about the anatomy because a lot of people don't even know internally what we are sexually you know uh, the even the nerves there's different types of orgasms people can have um, a male can have either a ejaculatory orgasm or he can work with the prostate gland and have a more uh, non not it can be ejaculatory but it's usually a non-ejaculatory orgasm that goes through a whole different set of nerve endings to the brain and when you go through just uh, stimulating the, the penis the skyrockets go off, it's a big blast orgasm, and it's done and over. 
when you go through the prostate gland, it goes through a whole different nerve set, and it gets more emotional, and you get in touch with your emotions, and the orgasm is a little more subtle, uh, but it lasts much longer, and it rides in waves, and so you can have multiple orgasms as a male. Um, females, uh, it's pretty much a similar story. They can work with the clitoris and have a clitoral orgasm, which is kind of the skyrockets going on. Or you can have a, a, the G-spot orgasm, which is basic. The G-spot is basically the uh, female prostate gland, and it has been identified and proven. A lot of women hold back because they think they need to pee. Uh, and they, it feels kind of like you need to pee at first. But once you let that ejaculate go as a female, uh, you start realizing, oh, that's not pee. It feels too good. Uh, you have to wake up the prostate gland, though. You can't go into a cold. It's a slow process. So it's a whole different type of orgasm. Okay. What do you imagine in the future? Yeah. You know, just, I guess, your, your biggest hope for what the temple can do for, I guess, society in general, let's say. I think for me, and I, you know, this goes back to the ancient sex temples, um, people were more healthy and balanced after going to temple because they got in touch with their full humanity. And sexuality is a part of our humanity. We became more balanced. Um, when you deprive a part of yourself, like sexuality, or limit it, all of a sudden you're creating an imbalance in, within yourself. Uh, you're denying a part of yourself. And that can be good in certain what contexts. But in the context of our society, I don't think it is healthy. Um, so I think, in a great sense, it helps us reach a more balanced state as human beings. To have something like temple to go to. Um, it opens the door to creativity. I've heard many artists really, become, once they reach that balance point, whether it's through sex or meditation or other means then all of a sudden that artistic expression just comes pouring out but when they get a, a lot of times they'll get a block and the block is from all this negative stuff and holding back and depriving ourselves and, and, and restricting ourselves and putting up barriers I think the other thing is that one thing I've noticed is that when we we're clothing, we're wearing a shield, and we're putting on a mask, and once you come in and get naked and around other people, all of a sudden you're tearing down all these walls that you put up usually, that social front, and you become real, and you become yourself at a deep level, and so I think that is nothing but a healthy process and can bring health back to our crazy society. Uh, just, to, just to get some compare and contrast here, 
if you only could choose one type of community, yeah, the pagan community, the BDSM community, or uh, the burner flip side community, and you know, for some odd reason, you were only allowed to do uh, one of those events for one of those communities. Yeah, which one would you choose? Uh, I don't know if I could make a choice like that. <laughs> uh, each has their own uh, richness and beauty. And they're different. It's like comparing apples and oranges. It's like, uh, how can you choose one versus another when there's, while there's some things in common, each has its own flavor. You think that any one is more compatible with the temple or less? Not really. They're just different expressions occur. Um, basically the energy rides a little differently for each community but it's all good energy um, it's just expressed through different paths um, sometimes it's a very spiritual sometimes it's playful sometimes it's artistic sometimes it's into the catharsis of BDSM and how do you compare catharsis reaching catharsis with play or with spirituality. Right. While there's some common links between the three, uh, they all have their own essence. I see. Excellent. And the final question now. Yeah. Uh, which, if you listen to the podcast, which no one does, it's okay. Uh, you would know as a staple is, how does one become a rock star? A rock star? You mean like a pop rock? Or <laughs> Take it to me what you want to me. Uh, okay. Uh, I think part of it is developing a talent, practicing, and then being good at getting it out there to people, and being able to uh, promote it in a way that's inviting, and that producing something that is a commodity that people want to enjoy. Thank you very, very much. Happy best. And that was Gigi. Now, one quick note before we go. This coming Saturday, August 4th, 2007, there will be a fundraiser at the Austin Artist Reconstruction LLC Warehouse, which most of you probably know is just the warehouse. It will be your opportunity to support a number of artists, myself included, who are attempting to get their art from Austin to Black Rock City for the Planet Earth Regional Burn at the end of August. So stop on by the warehouse at 1023 Springdale Road after 8 p.m. this Saturday for beer, bacon, and booty. Thank you for listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, and its burn community. Flipped Out is hosted at lancehunter.net slash flip, and that's flip with one P. To contact Flipped Out, please email flippedout at gmail.com, and that's Flipped Out with two Ps. Once again, thank you for listening. Now go be spectacular. Spectacular.